All right, and we are on. Woo! Woohoo! Hey, Brian. Hello, Jacqueline. Welcome back, bitches. <laughs> Welcome back, bitches. <laughs> I love it. That's that's the intro. Welcome back, bitches. Actually, then, that could be the name. <laughs> yep, and then we just lost every subscriber. Like, oh hell no. <laughs> You don't get to call me that. So you had to find your way out of a rainforest to make this call. Yes. That is, is fucking rats. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make my way out of the jungle that is the 405 to make this call. Yeah, that that that, that road sucks. And what is that? Can I ask you a question? Because you were in the Long Beach Lakewood area. Whenever you drive into Long Beach, what in the hell is that smell? <laughs> what is that? No one can tell me what it is. Part of me used to think it was the crude oil. Just the way it was when it was being transferred from the super tankers. I used to think it was that. But then it was like, well, maybe it's that's not it. It, it almost like a weird sulfury something yeah. out. It's like a... a Shit ton of skunks crapping hard-boiled rotten eggs. Could have flushed the, you know, the old homeless encampment down there, the 710. Well, I'm not near the 710, though. That's true. Yeah, no one can tell me what that, they're like, what smell? I'm like, no, no, you don't get to play. Oh, what are you talking about? No, it (laughs) is evidence. (laughs) And thick. Goodness. Uh, I will say this, I don't miss that. Mm-hmm. I had a visitor come into Long Beach, and we were driving, and it was real foggy. And they were like, man, I didn't think it was going to be this foggy. I was like, that's not fog. That's weed. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to LA. <laughs> Welcome to Long Beach. So, how's life been treating you for the last week? Uh, been pretty good. Had a few interesting uh, ordeals. I think I was telling you a little bit about it when we were offline. I uh, had to do that maintenance on the car. Mm-hmm. So I ended up uh, figuring out how to do on my own. I'm so proud of myself. I, my own wheel bearing. Yay. Um, oh. That part was I was surrounded by a bunch of friggin' army guys because I was on an army base doing it. So it was, uh, it was a little depressing to listen to them be all like, oh, ooh. I'm like, oh, yo, you shut your filthy horse mouth. <laughs> well, I'm in there. Did any of them uh, offer to help? Uh, a couple guys. So, yeah, they're, uh, they're older guys um, have a program where they'll – They'll help you for free, but if you want them to stand over your shoulder, go step by step, and do the work with you, then it's thirty-five an hour. Ah. So that's pretty good either way. But uh, yeah, I only had to ask them for a couple pieces of info just when I was really confused on pressing bearings on stuff that was like, yeah, simple things we do on helicopters are a little different on cars, just a smidge. But it's uh, especially when you have different tools. But uh, you know, it was cool. Well, that's good. Then we drove up here. Yeah, now we drove up here to Olympic National Forest. Or National Park, I'm sorry. You didn't have any trouble on the drive, so your repairs worked. That worked. Everything worked out just fine. Not one issue the whole way, knock on wood. And it ain't gonna no more issues for at least the next six weeks. Just give me six weeks. Well that's good. Proud yeah. of you. About, you had the drive so you got back to Cali last week? Mm, I got back on Saturday. The perfect day to get back and get stuck in LAX traffic. Yes, but I had a great um, Uber drive from the airport um, back into Long Beach, which is always nice. And um, my kid was home in time to relax, chill out, 
and uh, get to work the next day. So, yeah, I still haven't unpacked the uh, the luggage. That, that's like laundry, man. You you just don't do it. You you, un, you do you know you do the laundry, then you let it sit for six weeks before you fold it and put it away. It's like a requirement. So it's the same thing with luggage. That's and I'm just gonna wear the clothes, and as I wear them, the bags will unpack themselves. I like how you think. Yeah, efficiency. <laughs> Not putting these clothes clothes away twice. No, I'll just open the luggage. I'll wear the clothes, and then they go into the hamper. And then when the suitcase is empty, out to the garage it goes. <laughs> Done. But your goal, because we talked last week about goals and um, just stepping outside the box, you were going to work on some more electrical stuff. I did, and I actually did it. Surprised the hell out of myself, even though I shocked the shit out of myself once. Oh, did you wear your rubber underwear? Yeah, no, I should have. It would have been funny. But it was great listening to me scream like a little child. Oh, it was a lot of, ah! and then a lot of, you know, motherfucker, oh, damn, son of a, you know. <laughs> how, many, it was this- how much voltage are we talking? Oh, it wasn't anything. It was a car. It was so, it was like, what? What was that? maybe 12 volts or whatever it is it's just a car battery i forgot to i was a dumbass and forgot to hook the battery when i was working on the tow pro, the tow electronic system oh grabbed uh grabbed the positive and the negative wire <laughs> okay yeah that's hot and you Fuck. didn't need coffee that day <laughs> i needed a little bit of a pride button like yep there it went right down the river there it goes well i did some writing you did? I think I got up to my 500 word count, so. Oh, shit, son. Yep. So we are moving. Damn, now check we're going to have to set new. and check. Fuck, so now we got to do goals again. Well, I'm trying to write a whole book, so my goal is going to keep on to that word. I, it's easy for me. <laughs> Hashtag goal. Must finish novel. Must finish novel. That's it. I got one goal this year. It's going to happen. Oh, oh, shit. You just said it. You put it on yep. tape here. This year. That is big. Come hell or high water. You can't put on those adult pants in these conversations, man. I know. Bullshit. I know. And on top of that, like there's, you know, when you have that feeling that change is just right around the corner, like something's about to just shift and burst wide open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm i'm sitting in that feeling right Ooh. now yeah and so you know what dawned on because i had some really interesting conversations over the last four days both personal and business wise just very interesting real conversations there's no padding there was no sugar coating it was actual truth truth bomb time and both of these uh, unrelated but that's just how that's just how it went and we were talking about something uh, a couple of weeks ago about communication and then how that translated into goals and how that translated into conversation and I, I just find it odd that um, everything that that we had talked about I guess it just made me more aware right right yeah so every conversation that I've had I've kind of put what we said into practice about how words have meaning, but not the Webster dictionary meaning it, the way we perceive that meaning. And then the way the other person is perceiving that meaning. Okay. See where you're going here. Yeah. Like 
we have a saying in the military, right? Like I, I remember I said one time to another veteran and, uh, I said, well, perception is reality. And they went, Oh fuck. Yeah. You're a Marine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I, am. <laughs> um, but it is a perception is reality. And how confident are you in your conversations or can you think back on any conversation where you walked away thinking, I don't think we were having the same fucking conversation. Oh, so, so many times. Oh, good Lord. How do we break this one down? At what rank? Holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you walked away. You're like, I don't know what that person thought we were talking about, but you just knew it was a, it was two totally different wavelengths that you were on oh yeah yeah i I mean one in particular was uh i mean i can go in the last deployment actually that's that's probably the best one i remember you know it was definitely like a whole you know what what do you mean by this what are you saying um it was a that was the gunny in charge of the mew for the aviation side on our on our ship and uh this captain comes up to me and he's just like hey gunny what's up with putting the wheels on 42 and moving it and i just kind of looked at him with like what do you mean sir because my initial response could have been a numerous amount of things. You know, it was like, what, what are you talking about? And he was taken aback. He's like, what the hell? What, are you answering me with a question with a question? Yeah. What do you mean? I was like, well, do you mean we're going to put the wheels on it and move it off the spot? Or what, what are you talking about? He goes, well, yeah. What are you going to move it off the spot? I'm like, okay, now we're talking about something different. Like, now we're going to leave it on the spot for its flight in the morning because there's no point in taking it off when it's fine where it is. And his response was simple. like, oh, okay, Gunny, you got it. Cool, thanks, see you. And walked away. He Mm. got offended when you asked a clarifying question, though. Yep, because he didn't know, you know, when you go with a blank statement in any conversation, it's that, what what did you take my meaning as? Mm -hmm. You know, for us, the officer and enlisted side, and for any of the listeners that aren't military, um, it's, it's an interesting relationship between officer and enlisted. And for our veterans, I know you're laughing at it like, shut up, stupid, we know. But uh, it's kind of that weird part. And whenever a a higher ranking or any officer, for that matter, talks to an enlisted and says, hey, this is what I want, it's kind of regarded as this is how I I want this. Right. And it's thought to stick to that letter. It's not really thought of like, oh, well, how did he mean? Did he mean this? It was just the the kid. Normally, it's, you know, a a junior enlisted, Lance Corporal, Corporal, E4, E5, E3, or E4. That's going to be like, oh, well, that's what he told me to do. (laughs) Wait, is it? And then they forget. Yeah. Uh, They forget to ask the clarifying question, and it's not a, well, why? It's not a dick why. It's a, what do you mean? It's a clarifier. Right. And then words have meaning. Words do have meaning. And I think that communication gets... I don't know why I'm stuck on the word shifted, but communication can lead to miscommunication without clarity, with, without being able to ask the clarifying question. And to translate, whether you're officer enlisted in the military or whether you're officer and direct report or C-suite and direct report in, a, in an organization, that position of power comes into play. Absolutely. A lot. What happens is that higher ranking, that higher up comes down. It's like, I want ABC done by Tuesday. And if, if the person junior doesn't feel comfortable going, you know, I really am not sure what 
they're talking about. Let me ask some questions. If they're not comfortable doing that, you're just going to have some more conversations about why why they're going to come up with some clarifying questions later because that shit's not going to be what they wanted. That position of power is huge. Who does that land on to make that conversation comfortable for questions? That's a good point. And I think that it really lands on who's in the meeting. So, I mean, if you've got the GM or... CEO, you know, whatever the staff high part is of the, of the business that says, Hey, I want, like you said, I want this done by Tuesday at four. The people at the table should also be the managers, you know, the mid-levels because they're your, you know, that's that interim. And if that manager is a little too scared to ask the question, okay, now we're in a big problem because that's when it's like, all right, now we've already hit the first shit rolls downhill the wrong way. You hit the first rock. That rock's going to move out a whole bunch of other rocks. It's going to create an avalanche, but you, you'd also I think what you need to have is that manager that's going to go, okay, so you want this product. Just the one clarifying question. You want this whole package by this. And if there's more pieces to it, then you need to ask that hard question or like, hey, sir, like, to, uh, can we uh, can we talk offside here, offline? Or well, I just want to get this out on the table. Hey, how do you want it done? Are you, do I have carte blanche? What, what, what are the steps you need in this report? Because I, my brain says X, you want this. Okay. But if I've got carte blanche, I'm going my own way on this. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of managers forget that that's actually what they want is they want you to come up with the end. Hey, I just want the paper. I don't want the labor pains, man. I just want the baby. Right. I love saying that. Oh, I love saying that. I don't care how you finish it. Finish it. <laughs> that's true. And I think that that's the first part is, like you said, they're scared to ask the question. But I think also it, it kind of falls back on another piece where they've been kicked before for doing something of that and they're scared now and now it's they're they're back in that box now they're stuck now it's like oh crap how do i get out of this how, what do i do you you, you still got to have that intestinal fortitude aka those deep down feelings to go yo yeah i'm, I'm not even undersure what the hell y'all are talking about right now and what do you want done you know it, it's okay because if you're not willing to seek self-improvement then you're you're a dinosaur you're gonna die right and if you're stuck in a culture that has kicked you for that it's it's gonna be even harder if you i've been talked to numerous times actually praised for asking the difficult questions so i think that i've been lucky in that regard where the the higher ups of the organization are like i like it you're making sure we're not missing anything uh you're you're actually bringing new perspective you're making us think about things that we didn't think about. So I get praised for that. But um, I find those that are on my same level, um, my colleagues, um, or those right above me at that next level are the most irritated by it. They're just like, "Uh, do we have to invite her? Like, (laughs) we just, we just, I have an idea and I just want to do the idea. I don't know if Jacqueline needs to be in here. And that's not lost on me. I get that. And I think it has a lot to do with the personalities that are sitting around that table. You know, egos, personalities of the receiver of the information, personalities of the of the giver of the information. I mean, let's take it back to military. I, there's a lot of egos. No. Yes. What? So no. many egos. Uh, for, and they're I'm, I'm, necessary. Warriors need egos. You need oh. that confidence, you know? But how do you move that shit out of the way to have a yeah. conversation? 
I think a lot of it goes back to, you know, one, and I'm going to say this, and a lot of people are like, oh, I can't say that. Well, I can say it on this show because it's our damn show. But stop measuring dicks. <laughs> exactly. Seriously. <laughs> exactly. Hear that you friggin' are the best things in sliced bread. Awesome fucking sauce, dude. However, comma, not everybody's in the same arena. You know, mm-hmm. everybody got strong, everybody's got strengths and weaknesses. I, I mean, I, I know that you put me in an aircraft situation back back in the aviation side, I know I can probably thrive quite well. You put me back in a sales world, oh shit, I'm gonna be asking a ton of questions. Because yeah, I can do it. It's not my strongest suit, but I can do it. Right. And I think a lot of people think that they have to have the answer. They have to they have to be the subject matter expert. They have to be like, oh, I can't show weakness. It's not showing weakness that you don't know how to do something. I think it shows strength that you admit that you're out of your depth and you're going to need a small bit of assistance here or I've got some questions. It took me about 10 years to to move my ego out of the way because I was hard charging. Like, what? A, you asked me you're to do something, hard. it's fucking done. It's, you are still a hard charger. I am because what you've said is true. There's there is greater strength in asking questions and really leaning into, hey, I don't I don't know. But I'm gonna figure it out. That that's a deeper strength than I'm not you know what? I'm gonna get that shit done because that's just what I do. It's just it's a different it's a deeper strength. It's it's a better strength. I think a lot of people are also scared to ask their peers for fear of the same thing, for fear of looking either call it incompetent or un you know unknowing of the position that they need to be in. I think I, I think a lot of people worry about perception, and it, I mean it goes kind of back to what we talked about before. My my thought process anyway, what we talked about in the video is you're not living other people's lives; you're living your life and what they think of you okay that's cool and all but in reality what does it matter Mm -hmm. it doesn't i mean the only person that you really need to impress at the end of the day is the person you're looking at in the mirror and now a lot of you are gonna be like no i need to do my job my boss like okay you you can cut that knife you can cut that friggin' pie however you want if you want to impress your boss have at it man or you can just do your job not worrying about the whole oh cool you know i'm i'm liked don't worry about that shit. Let it go. You don't have to be liked. You just have to do your job. Let me ask you a very taboo question. I, wait, I don't know if I want to say taboo because it's not taboo. It's a real question. Do you feel like that concern has to be had on different levels between men and women? No. Why not? Because I mean, for to, to quote old Gunny Ermy, we're all equally worthless. I mean, but not everybody all- thinks that. And that's the problem is, and I think that goes, that that's a huge difference. Like, you know, that we're getting into psychology. I think that it doesn't matter if you're, what your sex is. I, I don't think that that has anything to do with it. I think if you get your brain wrapped into the situation of man versus woman, whatever it could be, you're taking away from something else. You're looking for a reason to not like the person, or you're looking for a reason to put them down. It's not about who the it's it, you've lost the whole concept of good work bad work. Now you're just oh, I don't like you because you're a woman or I don't like you because you're a man. All right, I'm critiquing. I'm holding you to a different checklist or a different standard. Exactly, you you can't hold the standard. The standard is the standard. 
The standard you, is a standard. If you meet the standard, who gives a shit? I mean, it, there's really nothing more that can be said. It's kind of like back in the Marine Corps with our PFT. And mm-hmm. people love this. Even as a as a staff and CO, this drove people nuts. And to include quite a few sergeant majors. Like, hey, what the hell? What's this friggin' 225 PFT? What about it? Like, that's a low of first class. What's the standard? What's the scoring? Oh, that's not good. That's not going to get you promoted. Okay. And I did it on purpose, too. I did that shit on purpose. I knew exactly what I had to make and what I had to get to get a 225 to 230. That was always my range. Mm-hmm. And that people, and I actually had somebody say, well, that makes you a shitbag Marine. I laughed. I was like, okay, yeah, cool story, bro. That, that's what you think. And of course, I got promoted ahead of that person. But you know, hey, whatever. You know, we're not talking about it. <laughs> But it's still, it goes back to that same thing. If the standard is we need this or your documents are this, your sales quota is this, you're required to run this many reports, this, what is the standard? And if your team can maintain the standard, then who gives it any shit about what sex they are? If they're not making the standard, guess what? It still doesn't matter what their friggin' sex is. The person is not making the standard, not the sex. Right. And I, I really, I don't know. I, I think that that's a, a shit bias. What are your thoughts? Well, I think it goes back to perception because yeah. your level of confidence and everything that you just said would probably get like a, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If I said it, I'm an angry feminist. <laughs> you wow. know what I mean? Like, ah, right. And it's, it's just interesting. Like some of the things that has actually been said to me. I, I mean, and I have watched others act more direct or be more assertive. They're praised. And if, if I'm too direct, if I'm too assertive, then I get different descriptive words. I mean, that was like that in the Marine Corps. I mean, I knew, I knew walking into every single duty station, I was always going to be welcomed with, ugh, great. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, nice to meet y'all too. <laughs> How are you doing? I actually met, and he was a nice guy, and I respect him only because he was super honest with me. And he's old school. He was old school military. And he asked me, he said, what was your job? I said, I was a field wireman. I ran phone lines. He goes, ah, that's what I did. I was like, awesome, first sergeant. He was like, yep, and my job was if I saw your name on a roster was to keep you out. (laughs) I was like, I don't fucking doubt it. (laughs) He was like... No women. I was like, I get it. I absolutely, I, I, and he and I can joke about it, but that was his, that was his way of keeping communication straight. That he, he was trying to alleviate any miscommunication. He was trying to keep standard, right? He didn't want to somehow compromise either of those areas. And it's, it's a whole series, I think, of, of growth and thought and, and all of that. And it's, definitely getting better but and I can't speak from a man's point of view I don't know I don't know what y'all are thinking I don't know what my boss is thinking I don't know what home dude over here listening to this podcast is thinking. I have no idea and I'm not going to be the one to presume that I know all I know is that given the points that you made about you can't look at that stuff I have found it easier for me to stop looking at it. And then I realize it's not affecting me. Because at the end of the day, if there's a if there's a problem, 
with the way I communicate or if I'm too direct or if I'm um, unapproachable or whatever, then it's either a fit or it's not a fit. It's that simple for me. Makes sense. Right? Yeah. I, I played a different, I don't know, I kind of played things differently, especially when it was in the green machine. But our job was a lot different on the aviation side, I think, because we could, I mean, I knew plenty that were like, oh, God, great. Now we got another female Marine coming in. It's like, okay, and what's the freaking problem? I, I never had an issue with that. I, had, I did have a fun issue where a Marine reported me for making a female work more jobs than him because she was more competent. I loved that. That was a great time. But it was that his, it was his pride was hurt because I wouldn't put him on jobs. But yet the female, if she came in from one job, I'm like, okay, you done? Yeah, I'm done. Cool. Are you going to eat? Yeah, I'm going to eat. All right. After that, guess what? You're going out. Okay. It was, it was simple. And then, you know, said Marine would look at me and be like, Sergeant, what the hell? I'm like, what? Well, can I go do that job? No, Nugget. Go back out and go get your walk-arounds, get your quals. It was, you know, I didn't want, it wasn't that I didn't want him to. I shouldn't say that. It was, I didn't feel confident in his abilities. Right. But that's I, standard. Yeah. And I knew, but I, it's again, that's another leadership principle, especially for any manager out there. You got to know your people. You got to know what they're strong and, and weak at. And that also comes back to communication. You got to be able to talk to your people. Yeah. Th that's what is going to level the playing field. The onset of true communication. Like, that guy didn't have to report you. He could have been like, dude, I feel like you're being, you're giving her more opportunity than me. Why? Because yeah. you're not meeting standard. You need to do A, B, and C. And guess what, son? You'll be able to fly. You know? <laughs> You'll be able to spread your wings. You'll be able to grow. But if you're just going to sit here and bitch about it, this is what you're doing. It's that simple. I had a, I had a female, I, I'll never forget this, but I had two females that worked in our team in the sales world, and... I didn't treat them any differently. I think, if anything, it was more like, okay, where are we at this week? And the guys were all like, well, what's the deal? Like, what do you mean, what's the deal? Are you guys all at the quota? Well, yeah. Then who cares? What do you guys want from me? You want me to get mad? I can. Why didn't you exceed quota, you sons of bitches? <laughs> but it's like... It doesn't matter what sex you are. And then I can't much for some of the other people that, you know, I worked with that thought the same thing. A lot of them didn't think the same way. But that, to me, that that goes back further than work. I think that's more into upbringing. But, yeah. That's a good point. Well, and, and I do, I think that there are, um, there's gaps and there's definitely inequalities and there's injustices on so many levels, not just on gender, but on oh, so yeah. many levels. And... Those that uh, feel like they're involved in that, no matter what side of the fence that you're on, you've got to start. You've got to start talking about it. You've if if you're the one that's that's on the side of the fence, it's like, hmm. For some reason, I don't like it when she does ABC. You got to ask yourself why. I don't. You know, you got to ask yourself why. Or I don't like it when he is ABC. Well, you got to as as a leader. You've got to ask yourself why. And then if you're on the that other side of the fence and you're going, hmm, I feel like I'm being treated a little different. Why is that? How is that? And then you get a, you get to have a choice if you're going to to keep contributing to that or not. You don't in the military. You're on contract, you know, but out here in the civilian world, you have the wonderful luxury of walking the fuck off. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you do. And a lot of people feel stuck because they got bills to pay and they have 
I'll be living under an, uh, an overpass. No, you won't. You'll get an exit strategy and you have the freedom to walk the fuck out. You have that choice. And even if it was that sort of situation too, where it's an, you know, if it's that kind of situation that you need to leave within 24 hours, that's more of an HR issue that you need to go have Definitely. that. Read. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, snitches get stitches. It's about what the hell is right and wrong. It's, right. it's common, common sense. And the problem is a lot of people don't follow those lines. You know, they think that the lines are blurred because of their position. It's like, no, the line is the line. Right. Just, and I've been accused of this on the civilian side of, I still look at things a lot like I did in the military. It's mostly black and white. I'll give you a smidge of gray, but it seemed in my, you know, the civilian sector was like, well, there's a lot of gray. It's like, "Mm, not so much. That's pretty black and white. Is it written that it should be this? Yes. That's black and white. Yeah. You didn't leave an area for gray. So I think a lot of people just uh, want to say something's gray because either a, they don't know, or it doesn't play to their advantage. Right. So, I mean, for folks out there that are feeling, I mean, the whole point of this is to get unstuck. If you're feeling stuck in a situation, the first step is communication. You've got to, you've got to get clarity. If you're an employee or a junior and you're, and you're feeling like, Hey, I'm, I'm getting shit because I'm trying my best, but I'm just not meeting expectation for some reason you've got to ask why and that next that next command or or request that comes your way make sure you're covering all your bases ask all the hard questions lean into that and once you start doing it and really practicing it you're going to start building a collaboration and if the communication doesn't work brian's right that's what hr is there for and communication doesn't have to be verbal. And I think a lot of people forget that communication can also be an email. It can be written down. Mm-hmm. It's not a hard thing to nowadays, I mean, help. We all have a device in our hands that connect us directly to email or texting or something. But the great thing about email is you can put it in your draft box and you can wait to ask that question. You can be like, hold on, how do I rephrase this? Mm-hmm. How, do I, how do I ask this a better way? You can even ask a buddy, hey, can you read this for me? and Just tell me what your thoughts are on how I'm asking this. I do that quite you know, it, quite often. Yeah, that's smart of you. Uh, it's like one of my majors always said, never send your emails angry. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> and, well, it come out, I mean, I've, there have been numerous times I've been going back to old Microsoft, like, how do I recall an email without them seeing it? Son of a bitch. I'm going to be more angry that I sent it now. Better to just put it in the draft box. Or if you're going to do it with a text, you know, draft the text, draft it in your notes, do something, write it down on paper. Kind of go back to what we started talking about. You know, you've got X mission. We want this by X date. Okay. What are the gaps that you know that you have? Where where are the holes? What don't you understand? I don't understand how to get there. Okay. Start there. Start making a spider chart. Make, make a draw. Whatever you have to do that's going to get you to the bottom of that answer. You have to stick, make your steps. And it kind of goes back one more week. That's your inventory to get unstuck. Mm-hmm. How do I get out of this phase? Okay, step one, this. Now you've, did, now you've started. You're getting unstuck. You're communicating. You're pushing all the things that you need to push. But if you're not doing that, the bigger question I have to ask you is why? What are you scared of? Because that is the number one thing I think that holds most people back is fear. Definitely. And fear is gripping you that tightly why what is it so badly that is scaring the crap out of you to not be able to move 
Right. And that, that could be another side piece of communication that you need to figure out too. Uh, Cause I, I am the same way. I will be the first one to admit I have been in so many situations that I am just like, Oh my God, I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. An utter fear and a total paralyzed state for lack of better terms on what to do and how to get there. And the only thing that I ever had was my phone and I pick it up and I make a phone call, whether it's be to a peer or to my wife and be like, Hey, I've got to figure this out. And I am stupid stuck. Can you talk to me for a minute on this? And that's how I can get through that. But sometimes you need that secondary. But what would you name that fear? What would you call that fear? Was it like the fear of not doing well? Was it a fear of failure? Was it a fear of just uh, not knowing? What was that fear? It was a combination. Mostly it was always the fear of failing. And that really, you know, that picked up a lot from the old recruiting side. That, that, that's where I really got a taste of that. And unfortunately, I, I, after I got that taste, I understood what it was and I could recognize it for the rest of my life. So I, I think my, the biggest one really for me was number one was the fear of failing. Um, and then number two would be letting down the team, whatever it was, or who you're, what, you know, your team of whatever it may be, whether you're in charge or your peers or whatever it may be. And then, you know, finally it, it was the looking like an absolute jackass that, that was a, that was a small one, but it was a pride. Pride was the last one. I don't know what about you. What, what, what do those hit for you? Anything? Or yeah. You oh, go? most definitely. Mine is becoming, mine is interesting. I always but you're right. They are fear. It is it is straight fear-based. And my fear is coming out of insecurity. And my fears are becoming insignificant, um, becoming unreliable, and, and becoming unnecessary. Those are my three huge fears that will either make me, you know, kind of indignant because... If I do, then I'm going to show that weakness. They're going to lose whatever respect or trust that they have in me. And then, you know, I'm done. The other side of that is if I don't live up to the standard, if, if not just live up to the standard, if I don't exceed that, whether I'm communicating or not, let's say I do all of that right. And I lean into that fear in that moment. And I'm asking the clarifying questions and I'm making sure all the I's are dotted, T's are crossed and everybody's collaborating. If I still fell at the end, it's done. It's over with. And I have to yeah. remind myself all the damn time. Wow. That's not how this works. Not That's not how life goes. You brought up standards. But my, well, my question is this, when you were talking about the standard, are you talking about the company standard or are you talking about your personal standards? Our, our personal are off the chart. That's just from being jarheads. We we have that weird ingraining on us about personal standards. Right. Because if, but, you're med- if your personal standard is higher than the expectation, and that's the standard, that is the standard that you're striving for, you're, you shouldn't miss the mark ever. So, yeah, I'm going to say it's me going for my personal standard. Okay. I will lose sight of... <laughs> That's a really good point. Wow, that is an awesome point. I will often lose sight of when I passed up the expectation, I'm good. You know, all the rest of this is gravy. I've already met the requirement. I've already done what I was hired to do, or I've already done what I was able to do. Everything else is gravy. And, and, but I still won't cut myself slack on that. It's just as intense. Yeah, and I think right now, listener, whoever you are out there, I have a feeling you're thinking this one word, 
and it's going to probably drive you nuts that I'm going to say this. The standard is not mediocrity. Uh. The, the standard is not a mediocrity. It is the standard. So because you meet the company's standard for what is required is not the minimum. It is not the mediocre. It is not. You, we need to get out of that mental state right there that meeting the minimum of the company standard that is required, the requirement is mediocrity. Oh my it's God. Not- this is the most amazing conversation. I had, I actually had a conversation with a leader of an organization and uh, we were talking about KPIs, you know, key performance indicators. Yeah. And we got into a very lengthy conversation and it was, it was quite the debate. If you're running a company, if you're in a leadership position and you're putting together a job description, you you have minimum requirements, but you also have desired qualifications. And when you are interviewing and you're bringing somebody into your culture, that's where you get to decide where they're starting. And then you're supposed to throw resources and support and encouragement to get them to your desired while they're meeting your minimum, but the desired output should always be there. Absolutely. And if they're meeting that desired output, that's not mediocrity. That's not minimum. That's the talent you need for that position, for that level. Yep. And then when you get to that person to the next level, because you know you're going to get there, if you hire the right one, that's when they become promotable to the next level because you're not going to move somebody into, let's say, the C, COO operation, you know, the OPSO. You're not going to move them into the operations manager to run your company if they haven't shown some desire to go there. Right. You have to build the building blocks. You know, you don't have to wake up and go, oh, I'm going to be the chief. Uh, I'm going to be the CEO today. Well, don't, don't <laughs> go there, homie. <laughs> I've about, decided. You know, it's it's a good goal. I'm proud of you for wanting to be CEO, and I will absolutely, I will support you any way I can. Mm-hmm. How are you going to get there? Right. If and, you don't have all the experience and you've never held a CEO job before and you've got some education behind you and you've got to build up that, that book of skill. And that's not a mediocre thing from starting at the bottom. It's not... Not doing the minimum is not, no, your company set the th- the standard. You can say, oh, the standard's the minimum. Okay, then raise it. Exactly. You- exactly. It was like you were there in that conversation. I was like, you need to raise it then. But then you have to communicate the raise and the standard. And that was my whole point of the conversation. Dude, you got to go out there and tell them that what they're doing is bare minimum. Because they're out there thinking they're doing their jobs. They don't know. You didn't communicate that with them. Because if they think that they're doing their job and that you think it's the minimum or lack thereof, who's really at fault? It's not the worker. No. You own. And you can, okay, own it. Hey, my bad. Hey, look, everybody, you're doing awesome. You don't even have to spin it negative. You can spin it positive. You can even say, you guys have all shown some friggin' awesome work. I am so proud of you. And we're going to move it up a little bit from the next level. What I want is this. Exactly. You've already got the clean now you just raise the standard a little bit, and guess what? I'm willing to bet money. Then you'll start seeing the true colors of one of two things. Either they'll rise or they'll fall. And if they fall, you've already got that one thing of like, all right, now I know where the week is. No problem. I need to either tailor them back, remove them completely, and find new talent. Or maybe we need to readjust our way of thinking again. But if you want something, that is the standard. That 
Bottom line, no other BS. That is the friggin' standard. Set it, run it, go with it. And, and if it doesn't, walk, change it, fix it. D- decide their career on this sliding scale of min-max, then you have to tell them what those parameters are. You can't yeah. just give them one set of parameters and then the rest is sky the limit. That's not how people are going to hone in. Not the majority. Have you heard of that experiment Purdue University did about the super chickens? No, because you start talking about Purdue, you're talking well above my uh, my education level. Continue. No, not at all. Okay, so they did a productivity experiment called super chickens. And they took actual chickens and they watched them produce eggs. And they went ahead and took out the chickens that produced the most eggs, and they separated them. And they did this over a few generations. So generations for chickens are very short, like six months or whatever. But they kept pulling out the high-performing super chickens and putting them in their own coop. The hypothesis going, well, if we take all the super chickens from all these generations and we put them in one coop, we're going to have a high you know, productive coop of chickens that are just producing eggs at speeds we never fathom. So they came back and they looked, but they kept the other chickens that they, you know, the average, the ones that were meeting the standards, right? One's doing their job, what they were made to do over here in their own coop and the super chickens in the other coop. They come back to check on them. What they found was the coop of standard they were healthy they were plump they were laying healthy eggs um good eggs big eggs they were doing great they go over to the super chicken coop and they find that they're pretty much all dead because they have pecked each other to death there's no eggs half of them no feathers and several of them have actually died (laughs) because they didn't have the other chickens to measure with yeah, you can't have a shit ton of super chickens because they are too competitive. You have to have a mixture. And so your standard can't be your minimum. Your standard is your desired output. And then what you're going to see are those super chickens naturally rising and doing more and exceeding more. And it's not that they're better. Not at all. It's just that they have a different skill set, different strengths. And these are the folks that are going to give you new ideas and give you innovation and new ways of thinking. Your chickens that are doing what they are supposed to be doing, they are doing it well. They are doing it perfectly. They are content. They are happy. They are healthy. They're the ones that are keeping your business alive. They're the ones that are keeping your culture going. They are your stability. They are your sustainment. That's a crazy experiment. I know. I kind of feel bad for the chickens. We're going to have to share that. That's a good one. I mean, why didn't they stop the chickens from pecking each other to death? I mean, they kind of knew where it was going. I was like, it was Sparta. You know, it was straight up. (laughs) Where was PETA in this whole experiment? (laughs) Where were they? Oh, that was all survival. (laughs) That was basically one chicken like, no, I'm going to dominate this pack. It's mine. Right. And they stopped laying. That is the most interesting aspect of this experiment to me was that they stopped laying eggs they concerned themselves with the other chickens around them that they weren't even performing standard and that that is underperforming 
Oh, dang. I think somebody just, like, was listening to this, just went, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> and that's okay. That is supposed to be. That's what, that's the, that's the first step of going, huh, okay, now let me take some inventory and then let me figure out, let me form up some questions that I need to ask and really start communicating so that I can get a clear picture how I'm leading or how I'm navigating my career in this culture. And it's okay. People remember it's okay to change. Don't be scared of it, especially in a company culture. Because everything is, it's a di- every dynamic changes every day, and that's okay. It's supposed to. If if a business is not changing, it's not living. Yeah, I think I only have one issue with like a lot of the when it comes to kind of the same situation, and I don't know if we want to tie it into next week or however we want to do it. Because I know we're running short, but it's the hey, are you training your people to replace you, or are you just making drones that just continually do the same job? That, that is a great conversation to to be had. Too many times I've seen that. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it too. Secession planning is just a really good buzzword that never really gets implemented in the correct way. (sighs) It's not scary. It's okay. For the love of God, set the next person up. Oh, yeah. And if you're the smartest person in the the room, I I forget who said that. Who said this? If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Oh, absolutely. Get the hell out. You're in the... (laughs) You've reached your limit. You're, you're, you need to go find a bigger pond. Too many people are scared to leave that pond because that pond is freaking comfy. Yes. That's not good either. Don't be scared. Man, we started off this kind of fun. You know, some words, meanings. What, what do they mean? Take a question, take inventory. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, we, we had some good stuff today. You know what's really fun about all of this is it... We get to, I, maybe this is the tagline to end the show. It really is that simple. It really is. I, I uh, mean, and it's not simple when you're doing it. We're not trying to take away going, oh, it's, it's a breeze. It's a walk in the park. You're not going to be uncomfortable at all. No, you're going to be super uncomfortable. This is going to cause worry, anxiety, all of that. But then you have to go back and just repeat the steps. Inventory, communication, ask the questions. And then you find you're grounded again, and it's all manageable because you're building collaboration, and you can't live in fear or insecurity. And that is the hardest thing to shed, I think. Yep. Yes, it is. But if somebody out there isn't going, you're fucking crazy, then you're not doing something right. The best part is, is if you've been listening to this podcast... You've got a couple sounding boards and us. Yep. So what are you doing this week? So I know you've got some more writing you said. Is there anything else you're going to knock out this week? Yeah. So I'm actually thinking about um, upgrading our podcasting platform. We shouldn't feel a move. It should be pretty seamless. But I think I found a better hosting platform. And also I have a couple of programs that I'm putting together in Anbury and writing. Uh, what are you doing? What are you doing this week? This week, uh, we're here for one, we're got tomorrow, um, we're going to be going to Hurricane Ridge um, here in the National Park, and then unfortunately the next day we leave, we're heading back down to uh, central Washington, and then we're going to basically be kind of stationary until, I think we actually have a week and a half of stationary, it's going to be, it's going to be lovely again. But I think this week I'm going to, uh, <laughs> don't, 
no judging people no judging but uh i'm gonna have to get a little bit more crazy with my instant pot Ooh, why I, mean, I got some new stuff new ideas last night i made lasagna for the first time in the instant pot and freaking awesome the kid asked for like thirds oh i have to get one they're awesome but the other side of that came too was the uh i started thinking about it is i need to start cooking more and uh being confident with my being confident with my abilities to cook. I mean, I'm no Gordon Ramsay. Don't get me wrong. I wish I was cool as that guy. But, you know, everyone strives to be awesome, like the top ones. You know, him, Jamie Oliver, all the superstars. I wish. I can heat oh. up somebody else's cooking like a mofo. Like, I'm great at reheating. I'm not good at cooking. <laughs> but I think that's my, uh, yeah, my goal this week is to get a little bit more crazy with some cooking. And, uh... Yeah, see, see where I can get with this. I've got a couple of, I, uh, I think you saw it, uh, I told you about the desserts I made. Yeah. Made the, now that I've got lava cake completely and utterly just smashed. Actually, thank you. You gave me a second idea. Damn it, I hate you for it too. Yay! I think on my webpage, I'm actually going to start posting, um, I'm going to start posting the recipes. Granted, I didn't come up with any of them. I will give full credit to whoever came up with them, and I will show you what I did and any changes I did. But I think I'll start uh, adding little Instant Pot things to there since that's my primary means of cooking nowadays. I kind of want to um, help put together and publish your cookbook. Oh, God, no. I'll never make a cookbook. I'll have to, like, credit, man. Well, what else we got today? I think we crushed everything. That was it. People, people, lean in to life. Live it well. You only have one. Right. It's all good. Do something that scares you. Unless it's illegal. If it's illegal, don't do it. I feel like I have to do that caveat. Because I watch true crime, so I'm like, what if a crazy person's listening? So no, if you're thinking about horribleness and crimes, don't do that. But if you're thinking about a career move or maybe selling everything and jumping in an RV with your family, do it. (laughs) Uh, i promise you won't regret it for you know at least the first six months and then you'll be like well i need to do this then i need to do that we're already talking about upgrading the rv really oh i just need to hit powerball man i just need to hit powerball because we know the one we want now so it's it's gonna be a a good one but i'll talk about that another time you guys are all still on your treadmill just trying to get off i know well enjoy it was great talking to you And go get unstuck. Live life well. Get out of here, people. Go make changes. Be awesome. All right. Check us out on Embry. Take a look at us on uh, our never-ending sellers. Love you guys. All right. See y'all. Bye.